Welcome to the Inspiring You Show, where we shine a light on healing whole health in our lives. We believe that in healing your story, you can transform your life. We are here to provide hope, tips, tools, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in this journey called life. I'm Henry, an intuitive empath, mindfulness meditation teacher, dowsing and Reiki master teacher, and energy healer. This, my friends, is a vibrational experience, a remembering of the truth of who we are. The content is light encoded to assist you on your journey if you wish to receive for your highest good. Welcome to the show, everyone. So today the topic is her body, her life. And I'm going to start off by just connecting in, asking to invite Reiki energy healing in, asking to create a sacred space of divine white light protection, the invisibility cloak for the highest good, and calling in spirit guides, spirit doctor team, divine beings, hair fries, good to support us in this talk, in this conversation, in this discussion that right now is very, that is very prevalent in the experience in the United States. Okay. So her body, her life. There are a lot of reasons why choice is for the person to make. And there's so much going on in many layers to all of this. Throughout history in this earthly experience, Women haven't been trusted to be able to participate to receive the same freedom as men. Not to vote or to decide whom they marry and to make decisions about their own bodies. Women haven't had the same privilege as men. Women have had to stand up again and again and again and again. So in my own experience, as someone who identifies not only as a woman, and also in terms of my gender, I was raised in the 70s, in the 80s, to really feel as if there was equality between me and my brothers. And in some ways, I was really sheltered I didn't really understand that women made less money until I actually got into the workforce in my 20s, into my career. Then I really started seeing the disparities between the two. And it was really shocking because I really, you know, not only intuitively did I understand that that we are all in terms of equal. But it did not, I didn't know in terms of understand where we were in the human experience that we still were caught in a really old paradigm and this patriarchal energy. So in a lot of ways, though, I was really protected. And then in my 20s when I experienced it, it really gave me a lot of um, time to think back to just the ancestors and to all the women that came before me, you know, including my mom and my mom's journey and my grandmothers, my great grandmothers. And so at this time, I took some time to really. Um, process how I felt and I will say in terms of however you're feeling be upset be angry devastated feel the feels having complete autonomy over our bodies is an essential human right courageous women throughout history 
have stood up and fought again and again and again to ensure that all women live equally and free. And last week may have felt in some ways that we took steps backwards. Yet, my friends, we aren't starting from scratch, though. And your human may feel upset. Yet when you are ready to raise your voice, to share your story, to take inspired action, to stand, and find the courage to move forward with hope, groundedness, alignment, confidence, and the voices of all the strong women that came before us, our ancestors, they're all still guiding us and leading us forward. And I do respect those that do not believe in abortion. And I love that they can follow their truth. And in terms of their relationships with their human, their soul, their God, I totally respect that. Yet I'm not okay with enforcing beliefs onto others, enforcing control onto others. We have free will. Each person has free will. And each woman, it's her body, her life. When I was in my 20s, I often heard I should pursue balance. I didn't really understand quite what that meant. And now at 50, I understand what that means. And it just seemed like some sort of far out notion that I just did not have any tactile experience or I didn't even understand the embodiment of it. Being told to achieve balance while you're in your 20s, wide-eyed, coming out from college, really excited to you know, start your life and your career, which is so interesting, start your life. I mean, my life started when I came out of the womb, right? Which circles us back right back there. So interesting how many sayings we have. That's when I'm going to start my life. That's, that's it. So being told to achieve balance at the time in my 20s while juggling an 80-hour work week job really left no room for anything else. I mean, how do you fit anything in in an 80-hour work week? And, and because I heard so often that I should pursue balance in terms of, you know, personal life balance with career life balance, I felt somehow... I felt instead anything but balanced. And what I felt instead was even more unbalanced, even more unsuccessful, even more unseen and unheard. And I felt like I was failing at adulting. I felt like somehow I had missed adulting 101 classes in in school, does everybody else have the secret recipe to balance life as an adult and I didn't get the memo? And no matter how much I tried, how, no matter how, and I, I was, you know, I was a producer, so I do understand a high level of organizing yet no matter how much I try to like organize my my personal and my career life no matter how many things I tried to check off the list it just seemed like there was always 
so much more to do, more to juggle. I felt like I then got caught in this to doing, to doing, to doing, to doing. And all of a sudden, I was living my life in a to doing. In my trying to, oh, I'm supposed to be balancing. I got caught in a to doing habit. And it wasn't until I really realized that balance was actually about your inner harmony. It was about going within. It wasn't outside of me. It wasn't about organizing everything outside of me. It was inside. I needed to go inside, go in. And once I went in, that's when I actually found that balance for myself. So as a woman, as a person who identifies as a woman, and also an energy and energy healer, a human, a soul practitioner, spiritual-minded, someone who practices mindfulness. For someone who I was raised Catholic, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I've studied so many different religions. I am fully conscious that there is free will. And deciding whether or not to bring a human into this world is a choice for each human to make. Choice is a loaded word when life is in question. When life is brought into question, it can seem we as humans forget that choice depends on our ability to determine our own life options. Yes, my friends, there is nothing more sacred than a new life. What if, though, we create a world where we honor one another in terms of self-determination of choice, where we each have sovereignty to be able to create the life we each want to live in freedom of our choices, in groundedness, in the energy of love, harmony, peace. It is vitally important for those of us that can be to be in groundedness, to stay in inspired action for social justice, to remain a beacon of light, to be able to voice because the voiceless and the choiceless masses are really going to need all the support, love, and care. Some years ago, I went through a period where for a while I kept asking the universe to support me in finding balance in my life. I was overworking with little personal time. I was running myself ragged, feeling constantly exhausted. And like I said before, I mistakenly thought it came from outside in Yet it was within me that there was an imbalance. There was an imbalance within me. It was not outside of me. And it reached a crescendo where I eventually fell to my knees with huge upheavals of tears coming out of me like a volcano, earthquake, or tsunami with such incredible force that it was shaking my body in such an uncontrollable, unsettling yet really needed way. There are moments where for on and off for weeks, months, I would all of a sudden have these upheavals of crying. So it lasted weeks and months. 
I was going through a real turbulent time of clearing imbalances, dense energies to crack open light to come in. So in a new way of being could really emerge from it all. In a lot of ways, it was, it was a process of the caterpillar going into the cocoon, coming out the butterfly. And I was in the process of being in the cocoon, the uncomfortable experience of releasing one identity to allow myself the freedom to become who I was moving into my authenticity of the butterfly. And I feel like the caterpillar cocoon butterfly, I feel like we have many moments of that in our lives. As I went through the process I saw and felt how ungrounded, imbalanced, and really shaky on my feet I was, how, how much, how shaky I was on my feet. It was really uncomfortable at times. And I had been asking for balance in my life. I was desperate for it. What I didn't know until then was I had been in an imbalanced state in my human during one of my many moments of my crying fits where I begged the universe for some help. I was kindly guided by my team of light to practice my physical balance to bring in groundedness for my whole system. Very kindly, my guides came in and tenderly suggested for me to go outside and to go and be barefoot. Go outside barefoot. Stand with your feet planted to the earth for at least one minute. So for at least one minute, stand with your feet planted to the earth for one minute. And then once I did that for one minute, with my feet connected right there on the grass, feeling Mother Earth, the connection. They then said, then, for at least one minute, do this on each foot. So stand with one foot on the earth while you're balancing the other foot. So then I had one foot planted on the earth while the other foot was by my knee as I balanced for one minute. And then they told me to switch. So for at least one minute on each foot. So then I switched and I put the other foot down and then I brought the other foot up and I balanced on the other foot for one minute. And then once I did that, they said, end it with at least one minute with both feet on the ground. So I did that. And afterwards they said, it's important not only to regain your balance inside, yet to utilize your body as a physical energy source to help you in the directioning of balance in form. This will then allow you to keep in balance so you can move forward. So I offer to this to you, my friends, go outside barefoot, stand with your feet planted to the earth for at least one minute, and then for at least one minute on each foot. And then after that, end it with at least one minute with both feet on the ground. I will admit 
it wasn't as if I did this and I magically was like, wow, I'm now in bliss and joy. My friends, <laughs> I was mad. I was mad. It was a real difficult time for me. And I did want instant gratification. I wanted the guides to download it to me. I wanted, I wanted just download it to me. And I didn't want at that time, I was so tired and exhausted. I mean, all the doing, all those 80 hour weeks, I was depleted. And even though I was working weekly with my energy healer practitioner, I was doing daily energy healing. I was so tired of all the years of to doing. And so there was some time where I just didn't want to take any responsibility for my human. I just wanted to feel better. I just wanted to feel better. But I wasn't actually doing anything to actually make myself feel better. I mean, the guides aren't in physical form. <laughs> like I'm in physical form. And my soul and my human chose this experience. I have free will. So I can choose to stay stuck in the muck, imbalanced and crying. Or I can practice or I can go practice groundedness to eventually let myself clear the density to let the light come in to let the light come in, to clear those dense energies and to bring in the light, to fill in, to allow the realignment, the re-embodiment, the re-groundedness for the highest good. I was so far gone in the 3D dense energy factory that it took me a few months to be in harmony and balance again. That's right. I was so far gone in the 3D dense energy factory that it took me a few months to be in harmony and balance again with all the tools that I have. Yeah. So it really taught me to be mindful of my practice. So every day I practice groundedness and balance, groundedness and balance from the inside out. And I do grounding. I do different grounding practices. You know, every day is different. Every moment is different. I have different tools to support me. So I share this because no matter what is happening outside of you, practicing the tools is so important, especially in moments like this. Because when you're taking inspired action, you really, you really want to practice it from a space of groundedness and alignment. And so I have been really good about groundedness, alignment, and balance since those moments. Yet last week, I felt like I lost it a little bit. And I feel even right now just emotional about just about it. So let's take a moment right now and just call in Reiki and feeling, feeling your feet connected to the ground, focusing on your breath, Coming in, 
your breath coming out, using that as a tool, bringing in that life force energy on the in-breath, releasing what no longer serves you. Let yourself feel the connection to the ground. Feel the support. Mother Earth is supporting you. Letting your breath be an anchor. Following your breath in, following your breath out. Following your breath in, following your breath out. Letting your breath be an anchor and a tool. Whew. So practicing this can really support you. And I've heard from a lot of different clients and friends that when the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, that many people felt lightheaded and dizzy. They felt like they were in their body to feeling lightheaded and dizzy. You want to make sure that you reground, realign yourself because there's a possibility that the trigger may have caused some disassociation. So you want to check in with yourself to see what you need. Really care for yourself, see what you need. In terms of my own experience, I know some of my friends had a real jolting response. For me, my own experience, I I dropped into numbness and I could feel myself just shutting down. And part of that is when there's a lot that's in the collective like that, where where there's a lot of anxiety and fear and people's heart racing as an empath sometimes i'm shutting down because it can support my human when there's so much in the collective with that though i then have to um release myself from that to allow myself then to process and to clear and reground. So check in to see for you what you need and how last week may have potentially affected and impacted you because what you don't want is that if it did affect you in some way, you don't want to leave that, leave that unattended. There's a great, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And in it, it talks about how the body can, you know, the bodies can collect these memories and these energies essentially and can um, nugget them away, which then eventually can cause some sort of imbalance or disharmony in, in not only the mental, emotional, but also physical. So you want to check in to see where you are and if you're ready to start supporting yourself, processing it, or if you need some sort of help, let yourself get support. So for me, I definitely also felt, even on this, even in, even in doing this episode, my eyes spontaneously well up with tears. And I know through you know, just seeing some of the comments on social media where people are saying, you know, this can't be happening, this can't be happening in 2022. And that the thing is, my friends, there's a lot that as in terms of our human society, we just haven't really dealt with. There's old paradigm, there's patriarchal energy. And I know that we want to be in this new paradigm and, and this new world and this new earth. My friends, 
we we still we have to allow ourselves to release the old paradigms and then build a bridge of light to allow allow ourselves to shift to the new um and so i also know that there's been a lot of just you know just the rage in terms of build up and it's not even anger it's just rage and then a lot of heartbreak um there's been crying and you know i've i've definitely had some moments in the last week of crying and just feeling that and what i also want to share is that if you feel like you're alone, unsafe, unprotected, unseen, unheard, unbalanced, ungrounded. I want to let you know that you're not. I see you. I hear you. You're not alone. I also want to say that if there is a feeling of isolation or you're feeling alone, unsafe, unprotected, unseen, unheard, unbalanced, ungrounded, and then feeling that aspect of your nervous system feeling really raw, you want to just check in to see um, if you're disassociating. I definitely had a moment of that last week where I had to check in with myself and I could feel that in my shutdown I was... Uh, I felt a little bit dizzying in that disassociation, which then I just used the tools to bring myself um, to re-embody. And during my time, when I kind of felt that dizzying aspect and disassociating, because I can also see like images from like past lives and other timelines, it was as if the woman's timeline of inequality moved through me. I saw images of women for centuries of being imprisoned by these inequalities, the pain, the suffering, how often women have been diminished, mistreated, controlled, being able to see past lives, events from past on the earth and other timelines can really be a blessing so often. Yet this time it was really difficult. It was unending pain, suffering, diminishment. And as this was being shown, it was to show me essentially what can be cleared in terms of dense energy. Yet my human still has to process the trauma. And even as I'm talking right now, I can feel things in the throat chakra coming up to be cleared. And non-beneficial data from the eyes also being called to be cleared. So it was, and it, it is stunning to witness this fundamental human right being taken away from women. Women just deserve so much more. Women have just had to fight for everything. We've had to fight to be seen, to be accepted, to be respected, to have the rights that others have. Women in the United States began gaining power in the 1700s it wouldn't be until the women's rights movements of the 1800s that women would achieve any significant milestones. In 1848, the Married Women's Property Act was passed in New York. 
The act was subsequently used as a model for other states, all of which passed their own versions by 1900. With this act in place, a woman was no longer liable for her husband's debts, could now enter contracts on her own, and was able to collect rents or receive an inheritance in her own right and could also file a lawsuit on her own behalf. Whew. I'm going to send Reiki to that because, wow, I have a lot of feels come up. I mean, Married Women's Property Act, people, people. Like, wow, all these, like, constructed ways of doing humaning that have been created to allow a certain section to have power and dominion over who sending Reiki to that right now to clear any feelings of powerlessness clearing any of the non-beneficial energies just taking a moment right now to clear that whoo all right and so let's just talk a little bit more history, at least in terms of the U.S. In the 60s, the 1960s, women, in the 1960s, women gained the right to open a bank account. Yet most banks and financial institutions had a policy of disallowing women to apply for credit and loans. Not until the passage of the ECOA, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, in 1974, was it possible for a woman for women to obtain a mortgage on their own on their own without facing legally permitted discrimination. Although women could technically be accepted for a mortgage at this point, they still lacked much of the autonomy that men had in regards to home loans and financing. And it wasn't until 1981 that husbands were required to obtain consent from their wives before taking out a second mortgage on a property that is jointly owned. This point was finally settled by the U.S. Supreme Court in the case of Kirchberg versus if I mispronounced, I'm sorry. I mean, people, 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 seriously, people. Oh, my goodness. Like, wow, wow. Okay, let's just take a moment. The human is processing. That's, I'm just going to ask Reiki to come in, declare any non-beneficial energies, vibrations, frequencies, Whew, any non-beneficial psychic cords, non-beneficial relationship residues, clearing any old paradigm. And if you wish to receive this clearing, you just need to say, yes, I'd like to receive it for my highest good and gratitude. Any kind of limited beliefs, any kind of illusions, non-beneficial data, non-beneficial judgment, any kind of diminishment, anger, sadness that's non-beneficial, Asking to clear and release it. Whew. Okay, that feels felt the shift there. So, my friends, I believe in a woman's right to choose. I believe in a woman's right to choose to have an abortion or not to have one. Both involve choice. I don't believe it's the government's job to decide this extremely, deeply personal choice for any human. It is such a personal choice. And it's not an easy one on either side. 
It is such a personal choice. I believe it's the human's job, and I believe enough in my sister's dis- and I believe enough in my sister's decision-making ability to make the most beneficial choice and the right decision for them. And I'm not alone in this belief. The overwhelming majority of Americans agree. When I got into my career in TV, there were many more men in the workplace than women. I had to really fight for my equality. I had to really fight every day to be seen, to be respected, to be taken seriously, to be paid equally, to really get an equal shot. Every day was a fight. And with that, there's the added pressure to be perfect, to not mess up. And that's on every woman's mind. The pressure to be perfect so that other women can have a real chance The pressure to be perfect so that other women can have a chance is real. The amount that you have to prove is so much more than my colleagues that were men. You not saying that they didn't do their job well, because a lot of them did excel at their jobs yet the amount of pressure that you feel in terms of your showing up. Because oftentimes you're walking in a room and walking in that boardroom and you may potentially be the only woman. And what you're doing and saying may reflect on whether or not your sisters get a chance Because again, we're standing on each other's shoulders. So now young girls, they don't have a different right. This decision puts potentially millions of women And young girls in harm's way. It puts their health at risk. It demoralizes them. It shames them. It deflates them. It creates depression, desperation. It could even maybe kill them. I have done a lot of meditation in the last week. And... I just keep getting reminded to stay grounded, to keep my my heart open, to release judgment, let the light come in, uplift, but how? And I need to know, and I kept asking, but how? And so I was led to this talk that Ram Das did. He talked about Chittakesh, which is a place where consciousness and love merge, where they become the same thing. It's where the pure aspects of all qualities come together, a timeless and nameless space where everything is present, where you know everything, yet you're not attached to anything. There is no clinging Yet there is awareness of it all and an involvement in it all. The game ultimately consists of having the Chittakesh, and if I'm saying that, miss saying that, I'm sorry. Um, it's essentially the game essentially consists of having Chittakesh wide open 
So you're absolutely in perfect balance. Well, at the same moment, you're aware of the incredible pain in your heart or the joy or laughter and humor. And the greatest teachers have all said, have all the greatest teachers have all that quality. And that's what some of the teachers and that what some of the teachers don't have because they didn't keep their hearts open. So the greatest teachers all have had that quality. And that's what some of the teachers don't have because they didn't keep their hearts open. And that's in reference to where you're absolutely in perfect balance, where at the same moment you're aware of the incredible pain in your heart or the joy or the laughter and the humor. Because you can be in two things at once or more than two things at once. And this is where the place where the Maharaji was and what he represented. Keeping the heart wide open at the human level and at the same time living in the Chittakash, keeping it all perfectly balanced. Because if you close off your heart, your power as a teacher is diminished incredibly because you lose the empathy, the charisma, the emotional and personal love. So the Maharaji really loved us in a real human love way. And at the same moment, he was lodged in Chittakesh that he didn't get lost in mercy. He let us walk away with our own issues rather than getting lost in the mercy of the heart. The mercy of the heart. The heart is the merciful thing. The Chittakesh is the caring thing. And Ramdas went on to say, many of us have had very aware teachers along the way, yet ultimately we must find the way which resonates with the deepest part of our being. We are, we are inclined to turn away from anything short of that. There are many stages in the journey to the top of the mountain, the mountain of truth. In the early stages, you have many different guides, some that will take you to incredible vistas, some that show you rock formations, some that show you flowers, but there is a point in the path where the teacher has got to be there to take you to the summit, which is the deepest commitment. And the journey then goes to then eventually you are in your single path where you're following your aspect of your inner self. And then finally at the peak, all the ways come together and you recognize the universality of the experience and that you are not the physical body nor the senses nor the mind. And when all these are all rejected, that which remain is pure love, pure consciousness, and that is the Chittakesh. So that is from Ramdas. And then I also was guided to a poem um, by mindfulness teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. So this poem... Don't say that I will depart tomorrow. Even today, I'm still arriving. Look deeply every second I'm arriving to be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with still fragile wings, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive and in order to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope, the rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that is alive. I am a mayflower metamorphosizing on the surface of the river, and I am the bird that swoops down to swallow the mayfly. I am a frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond, and I am the grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, and my legs as thin as bamboo sticks, and I am the arms merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl refugee on a small boat who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. And I am also the pirate 
my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Politoboro with plenty of power in my hands, and I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm it makes flowers bloom all over earth. My pain is like the river of tears, so vast it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughter at once, so I can see that my joy and pain are one. Please call me by my true names so I can wake up and the door of my heart could be left open, the door of compassion. So that poem is by mindfulness teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. And I really feel like it says so much about the human experience in so many different ways that I could, like, I just felt like he just articulates it so well. <sighs> and sometimes there's this, this like fear in terms of opening to love. So then how do you release it? How do you overcome and release the fear to let yourself open to love? And with Ramdas, he explores awakening from illusion of separateness and opening to the love. So the question is, how do you awaken out of the illusion that you are only separate? The doorway out of that is through the heart. And we say, my heart goes out to you. The heart keeps a doorway into the unitive nature of the universe, and it's the love that flows through it. Love doesn't know boundaries. And I'm talking about real energy, the high vibrational energy of love. The mind creates the boundary of separation between me and you. The heart just keeps embracing and opening out so that things that open your heart open you out into the universe and allow you to experience preciousness, grace, sweetness, interconnectedness of it all, the awesomeness of it all. And then it's even more when you feel even more interconnected. It's all one thing and it just keeps changing. It flows in patterns and you're a part of it in terms of the harmony. The opening of the heart is the doorway into that. So when you love your dog, you love your child, you love your beloved, you love nature, all that is the doorway. You start with that kind of love, which is relational, romantic love, and then that's a doorway that moves you into the kind of merging quality where we are together in love, which is the oneness of it all, in the existence of it all which is the divinity, which is God. That's the way in which you experience God divinity. You experience being a part of the divine manifestation into form. You are one with it. So you start with relational love that is between you and something else. And it opens the heart and then you, and in a way, you go out through the heart and keep feeling connection. And you know when you're in love, suddenly other things look beautiful other than the beloved. The challenges in our human experience that many of us can stay locked in our separateness. And then there can be a feeling of being frightened to come out of it, feeling vulnerable. And in truth, you're not vulnerable at all. You just think you're vulnerable. Who you think you are is vulnerable. Who you are is not. And that is the truth of it. I went to Catholic school for 12 years. One of my spirit guides for highest good is Ascended Master Jesus. And that's one thing in terms of what Jesus said over and over. That's what he said over and over, yet 
we don't always want to hear. And even when I was going through my experience, different aspects of my life, at times where it felt like it was difficult to open up my heart, I would be guided again and again to allow myself to go in, to shift from being in my head, go into my heart. And I understand that it can be very hard to open up your heart when you're not vulnerable, yet your your experience says that you are. What you want to do if there's an anything non-beneficial in terms of the non-beneficial aspect of that feeling of vulnerability, you want to ask to release it and to shift into your heart because your greatest empowerment is in your heart. That is truly where you are the strongest is living from the space of the heart. Because when you're in the presence of that energy, that higher vibrational energy of love, that's really what is the most optimal place to be. So that's the optimal, optimal environment for your heart to open because that's where you're the most empowered and that's where you can feel the safest. And the minute the heart opens, you're once again going to allow yourself to be in the flow. And that flow is where you experience God divine So in reading much of what I just said was from aspects of what Ramdas said and in reading Ramdas and the poem from Tiknat Han these words really support me in terms of bringing in in terms of my inner harmony and my semblance of balance because it's I can feel the high vibrational energy from the words and it supports me. That's one of my tools is to listen or read material that has a high vibrational feeling to it. And their observations about the human experience really supports me then in terms of opening up my human mind and supports me shifting from my head to my own heart. And I wanted to share these, these with all of you because I just want to encourage you. There's all kinds of different ways to use tools. And for me, I was able to then reflect their words supported along with, I turned on, I always turn on Reiki before I, read something. I really like to use Reiki as a lifestyle. And so I turned on Reiki before I read, and then I was able to release the dense energies and it allowed me to shift and be in my inner and outer balance again. And I also did the reading while I was sitting on the grass. I had already practiced the balancing and then I sat down to read and I had turned on Reiki. I did a, I did a five minute Reiki meditation read, and then I closed it out with a 10 minute Reiki clearing and meditation. So my friends, here we are, we, the people, we, the women, we are certainly being called to find our balance right now. In the human experience, there's a lot happening globally in the US. And I understand when you see prices and interest rates going up, gas prices going up, gun violence surging, political opinions, being possibly more divisive or raging. The Supreme Court in the U.S. overturning long-held laws of the land. It can really feel at times almost impossible. Yet, my friends, 
We really need to be the steady, solid, grounded ones, if you can be. We need to gather ourselves like all of our ancestors before us, like all of our sisters before us, all the people before us that supported making beneficial changes for humanity and do whatever we can to be in groundedness, alignment, inspired action, to keep our wits about us and our hearts open. Yes, we do, my friends. Having closed minds are only going to close hearts. And being caught in divisiveness or righteousness can really blockade and prevent understanding and consciousness. So my friends, we the people, we really do need to do what we need to do to keep our groundedness, our alignment, our composure, and open wise minds and be in our hearts. And support ourselves in being an inspired action for divine design for highest good. And also allowing yourselves to be smart, to be thoughtful, compassionate, to ask, be downloaded with divine design and for beneficial strategy for highest good. And in, if you feel anger or rage, you want to clear the non-beneficial aspect of it and you want to honor how you're feeling and remember it is possible to be grounded and aligned. And if you're feeling feelings that are painful, it is possible to be in more than one. Use your tools to support you. Honor how you're feeling. Process. And when you're ready, let yourself take inspired action from the heart. So use your tools to support you right now more than ever because my amazing friends, there is a lot in the collective energy field which then can be affecting your individual aspect. Use your breath, energy healing, groundedness, nature to help you. Focus your mind on the incredible beauty of nature, the wonder. You can simply do that. Also, the other tools, connecting to your breath, using your life force energy, take three deep breaths. And be reminded of the deep strength that lies within you and so many others. Remind yourself, I am strong. My ancestors carry me on their shoulders. My sisters, my sister ancestors carry me on their shoulders. I feel their strength, support, and they help me to be steady at this time. I allow myself to feel my feet on the ground. I am steady and I am imbalanced. I am steady and I am in balance. And I feel that we will find our balance when it comes when it comes to this and that we will find our way forward. And I also feel that whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, we really can come together to find common ground where, abor where abortion is a safe choice, as is the choice to carry a pregnancy. I've got to believe that there is a different conversation to be had that will balance us out as a community, that we can be bridges of light to each other. 
that we can be bridges of light together and that we, our humanity, can be more of a common ground to us than our differences, that we can overcome our differences to be bridges of light to each other. Women have been through so much and have accomplished so much And now let us move forward stronger than ever with so many others standing with us. And we'll do this with our hearts open, even if we're not feeling so great or for feeling in pain, tired, angry. We will let ourselves be grounded and aligned and move forward in inspired action together. So, my friends, there is nothing more sacred than a new life. Yet, there's also nothing more sacred than a life. So, let us create a world where we can honor one another and honor one another's choices, self-determined choices, where we can create a world where we honor one another's self-determined choices. Because remember, each person has free will and it is their choice points to consider what is best for their highest good regardless of what another may believe, think, or wish. And sometimes, I know, it's, going to be hard to believe this, but my friends, sometimes the humans just don't have all the information. And so it's really best to allow each person to lean into their inner self to see what's best for their highest good. Let's take a moment right now to receive Reiki if you wish to, asking to clear anything that's non-beneficial and allowing the light to fill in for the highest good. I'm going to be quiet as this happens. Thank you, my friends. Sending Reiki to anyone who needs it and wishes to receive it for their highest good. Much love, light, and Reiki blessings, everyone. <laughs> 